This is Cabernet and True Crime, the place where good wine and true crime come together. Ooh, I got panicked. <laughs> Podbean wasn't working, and I was like, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs, I hope this works tonight. <laughs> Hello, party people. Welcome to True Crime Tuesday. I'm your host, Jana. I do the, the, the true crime things sometimes. Welcome. Uh, I hope you're all doing well, staying hydrated, um, eating your vegetables. Um, I'm not, so hopefully somebody out there is. <laughs> so, today's topic was kind of a fluke of a find, and um, I say that because I literally, no exaggeration, have hundreds of serial killers saved in an Excel file to cover someday for research. Things that I find fascinating. Every now and again, I'll do like a, a big, well, I delete them as I cover them so I can never, you know, I know who I've covered and who I haven't. But as I find them, I put them on the list. And even if it's not like serial killer related, but just true crime or um, interesting events, you know, like conspiracy theories for the, the YouTube channel, um, I have a big Excel document of everything that's, you know, Cabernet and true crime related. But do you ever just like open your fridge and you're like, you know, I don't really want anything in here. And you know, you don't want anything in there and you just want to, you just want to order McDonald's or something like that. You know, you just, you really want to go get food somewhere else. Um, that's what, uh, the other day was like when I sat down to research for today's true crime Tuesday. Like I just didn't, I don't know, nothing felt right in, in my list of things to research. So I, I went to the interwebs and boy, am I glad I did because first of all, um, I found my intro true crime, which I'm going to start now if I don't think my crime is long enough. And I don't think this one's going to be long enough because I could find literally no information on it. And honestly, it could be fake. <laughs> the true crime I'm covering today could be fake. Uh, because it doesn't exist anywhere aside from, like, weird BuzzFeed articles. It's fine. Um, still fascinating, nonetheless. So, um, I found a, a, a little, like, mini story for you guys, uh, just because I thought this was hysterical, and I, I love when things like this happen. So, here we go. Let's, let's talk about, um, my, my mini crime to, you know, start open the, the, uh, time. What is happening? <laughs> Sorry, I had some wine while I was recording my YouTube video. <laughs> and that took way longer than it really should have taken. So I'm feeling fine and relaxed and I could honestly fall asleep right now. So I gotta keep moving around. I gotta keep my energy up because otherwise, if I if I stop moving, I might fall asleep on this podcast. <laughs> okay, so here's my crime. In 2016, uh, and you may recall this, I vaguely do. There was a trend going around where police departments, and I use this as plural because there were several who were doing this. They were making Facebook posts um, saying more or less, and this is like a very generalized statement, but they were saying, um, anyone in possession of methamphetamine or other illegal drugs should stop by the police station for testing because the drugs might somehow contain Ebola, which is hysterical. Um, and obviously, uh, most people knew that was fake and did not do anything of the sort because sometimes criminals are, are like slightly more intelligent than that. Um, but in Granite Shoals, Texas, this post went kind of viral and they actually got an arrest. 
So Chastity Eugenia Hobson fell for the fake news and took her meth to the local police station to have it checked for Ebola. And uh, she was charged with possession. Um, I think it was less than a grab. So now the joke got some back backlash, I will say. I almost said backslash, as if this were a website. Um, the joke got some backlash because of, you know, making fun of Ebola, which was um, really not a fun time for anybody, and po- potentially causing, quote, mistrust of the police and um, public health authority system. And the DA and Granite Shoals argued that it might alarm non-drug users um, to think that they may have, you know, a deadly virus in the community. Um... Those people, in my personal opinion, are being kind of sticks in the muds, uh, if you will, because it, it's kind of funny, honestly, and the fact they even got an arrest out of it, just, I'm in, I like it. Um, apparently, this got some traction because people in Louisiana were calling their local departments to find out if any cases of Ebola had been reported in the local drug trade. Um, the positive side of this, though, because I like, you know, the positive side, um, it gave police the chance to educate on the dangers of meth. And um, so to quote Mitch Bratton, he's the chief of police in Grayson, Louisiana. He says, meth is most definitely a lot bigger problem than any chance of Ebola, and he's right. Um, the drug, the drug is- issue in this, um, I said state, well, yes, this state, but in this country is, is kind of getting out of control. And so, you know, if they have to, you know, joke a little bit about Ebola to uh, make people aware, I'm fine with that. You know, you got to crack a couple eggs to make an omelet, right? Um, so the Granite Shoals Police Department later posted on their Facebook page that Chastity had been the, quote, winner of the Facebook post challenge, and she was charged with possession and held on a 5K bond. So she wins Facebook. Good job, Chastity Hobson. Love that for you. I love that you, I love that. <laughs> like if, yep, I'm just going to stop there. But I do, I love that. It's delightful to me. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed that. I'm on to our main topic now, right? So the amount of research I could find on this case was actually very little. Um, there was one, like, really good website with a lot of information, and that was it. Um, which was even weirder because they had a lot of very specific information, but I could not find that information anywhere else. But then a lot of their weird information, like, no, sorry. A lot of their, like... What should have been a decided upon amount of information was not correct. Um, it was written by four people. I think it was for it had to have been some type of school project, either like a college or a you know honors high school project. Um, because they had like chemistry, biology, physics, and they all broke down like different sections of this crime. I don't know where they got the information from. I don't know why they couldn't agree as a group on what day this happened or what year. Um. That's very confusing to me, and that may have been why I couldn't find any court documents or, you know, really anything about it. I found a, actually, a small, tiny cutout from a newspaper. Um, I don't remember where I found this newspaper article, but it did mention this crime, and I used the date from that, because I don't know what these teeny boppers in their school project were going on. I mean, everything else about it was really good information, and they they calculated the velocity of hitting somebody with something. I don't know. It was a thing. Um, don't care about that part. Um, I care about the facts. So I, I don't understand what was going on with any of that. Uh, I just wanted to know the breakdown, but I couldn't find anything on this case. 
So if you find anything, I'd be delighted to read it. <laughs> I just, I found this and I went with it. All right. Just be, be on my team for once. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so the, I got all my website, all, whoa, all my information, all my website from a well-cited WordPress article called the disputable death, the case of Sarah Tolbert's death. Um, that's really all the information I found aside from the two articles that it was listed on like a top 10 crimes you won't believe. And, uh, the one weird newspaper clipping. Don't know. Uh, so yeah. Um, so let, yeah, let's just, uh, talk about it. <laughs> Instead of me sitting here for five minutes telling you how much I don't know, let's just go into what I do know and then we'll, uh, we'll scuttlebutt from there. How about that? So it all happened in an undisclosed hotel in Maine, I exactly an undisclosed hotel. Don't even know where it was in Maine on June thirteenth, nineteen sixty four. So the teenagers slash early twenty year olds who I'm allowed to say that now because I'm almost thirty, um, who wrote this article, they uh they said nineteen ninety six. They said January. They said nineteen sixty six. I have no idea when what they're don't know where they're at in time, <laughs> but in my time based off of the newspaper article written in the 60s. It was on June 13th, 1964. I'm settling on that date. If it's wrong, I'm sorry. Um, It also kind of goes with the fact that this might just be fucking fake, right? (laughs) This might just not even be a real true crime story. I'm not entirely sure. You know, I don't know one way or the other. You'd think you would have heard of this before, but (laughs) I'm biting the bullet on this one, bet, bet. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Babies. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, welcome. Welcome to this shit show. How are you doing? Honestly, I should film all my podcasts after this because I'm drinking wine and feeling fine. I, you know, <laughs> I'm just having a delightful time in the podcast closet by myself. Um, but this is fun for me. So, okay. June 13th, 1964. Reel it in, Jana. 33-year-old Calvin Jones and 23-year-old Sarah Tolbert had checked in around 10.30ish at this undisclosed hotel in Maine. The couple had been away from their home, which was allegedly in a different state, which I don't know where that was, to visit Calvin's father for his birthday. Allegedly, the couple had a fight at some point because neighboring rooms in the hotel complained about two yelling at each other, at the two yelling at each other. Later in the evening, a bellhop saw Calvin and Sarah leaving. Calvin was holding Sarah up, but the bellhop assumed that the two had consumed too much alcohol, the reasoning being that shortly after they arrived, they began ordering multiple bottles of wine and whiskey to be taken to the room through room service. The fight had occurred several hours later into the evening, around 1 a.m. I got that out all really good. Um, according to blood samples taken from Sarah, not to ruin the fun, um, Sarah's night does not end well. But according to blood samples taken from Sarah, she had almost 2.5 times the normal amount of ethanol in her blood. It was found that Sarah's blood alcohol content was 0.246, which to remind you, the national legal blood alcohol content um, is supposed to be below 0.08. In short... Sarah was undeniably drunk during the argument and subsequently while leaving the hotel, and this will be important later. So later that morning, 
which by my accounts is the four, June 14th at 6 a.m., but I mean, compare, it doesn't matter. I, whatever timeline you're living in, it's the next morning at 6 a.m., roughly. <laughs> whatever, whatever time you believe to be true, sure, it doesn't matter. Um, Sarah Tolbert's lifeless body was found in an abandoned car off exit 157, also seen 57 in Maine. I don't know if either of those roads are real. Um, I should have looked it up. Did I? No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> so off a road in Maine somewhere, um, she had been beaten to death. She was very obviously unconscious and was covered in blood, which appeared to be coming from a large, a large wound in her head. Upon closer inspection, it appeared she had been beaten several times with a weapon on the head. Sarah also had damage to the rest of her body. Her arms were bruised and she had a large lump on her head. I'm assuming in a different place than the, the battered hole somewhere on her head. Um, based off of blood spatter evidence, it appeared that Sarah had been killed somewhere else and then put in the car um, for her to bleed out, which her assailant had left her there and fled shortly after the murder. Investigators were able to track Sarah's credit card records back to the hotel she stayed at the night before, which did they have credit cards in the 1960s? I don't know why I'm waiting for somebody to answer. I, I'm sitting here by myself. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did they have credit cards in the 60s? I don't think they did. Did they? I have no idea. Um, sure. But they found some type of report saying that she had been at the hotel the night before. And, um, well, she didn't stay there, obviously. But she was there for a minute. Um, forensic invest Forensic investigators found impact stains and cast off from a weapon around the room. And after some searching... Um, it was determined that Sarah had been killed via blunt force trauma after her boyfriend, Calvin Jones, beat her repeatedly in the head with the end of a garden hose, which is, uh, quite the interesting, you know, way to kill somebody. I mean, who, who's in a hotel room with their girlfriend and they're fighting, okay? So picture this, you're in your girl, you're in, you're in your girlfriend, <laughs> oh my god, you're in the hotel with, with your significant other. We don't judge love here. You can love whoever you want to. Um, so you're in you're in the hotel with somebody that you're romantically involved with. Cool. You're very drunk. You've been fighting. You are seeing red. You want to hit that person really, really hard. What do you grab? A garden hose? Where did he get it from? That's why the more I think about it, the more I'm like, this story has to be fake. There's no way this story is real, right? There, There is physically... Like, what? It, who... Where did he get the garden hose from? Why was it in the, Why was it in the hotel room? That's not like a place where a garden hose just hangs out. There aren't just garden. What hotel have you been to that just has a garden hose in it? None of them. <laughs> Can't can confirm that I've I've well I haven't been to that many hotels, but none of them that I've been to have had a garden hose in them. I mean, unless was that like is that a sixties thing? Do they just have garden hoses in hotels? I'm confused. I have confusion, right? So he he killed her with a garden hose. Like, let that sink in, because <laughs> it's, it's really, uh, it's really creeping in for me. That's such a weird, this is fake. It has to be fake. Um, cool. So he hit her in the head with a garden hose. Where did he get it from? I don't know. Um, there were 15 prominent arcs of blood spatter in the hotel room, implying that Calvin hit her over the head at least, of course, 15 times. Apparently no one cares about where this man got the garden hose from, which is a, is a, is a fact that I am quite caught up on. Um, from here, nope, from there, Calvin scooped her up and hobbled her out of the hotel where they were spotted by the bellhop who assumed she was drunk. 
which she was, Calvin drove her to the outskirts of town, leaving her in the car to die. So one interesting part of this crime, however, is that Sarah's skull wasn't broken. She wasn't hit hard hard enough to inflict a fatal amount of damage. Her skull was hardly even cracked. She had a depressed skull fracture, but it was nothing that would have been considered fatal otherwise. Since she had been hit 15 times in the head, of course, there were bruising and open wounds because she got hit in the head 15 times with a garden hose. Did it have the spray attachment on? How, like, okay, no, hang on. Go with me down this journey. How could a garden hose hose inflict that much damage on a person's head? I guess I've never been hit in the head with a garden hose. I just, I have, I, I... We're 16 minutes in and I don't believe this is real, is what I'm trying to tell you. So sorry in advance for leading you on this uh, goose chase. But I don't think this is real. Okay. Um... She probably would have blacked out from being hit in her head, but she sure she shouldn't have died, theoretically. Um, there had been some swelling in her brain, and she may have had some adverse effects if she had lived, um, but she didn't. But, you know, any type of head injury, you could have... I could bonk my head right now leaving this room, and I would have, you know, a possible adverse head reactions. Head reactions? Yes. It is possible, I suppose, that her blood alcohol content may have thinned her blood slightly and caused her to bleed more, but there's something else at play here. Um, good thing I wrote this, like, kind of half-assed script before I started recording this. Thank you, previous Jana. You really set me up nicely. Both of Sarah's parents were carriers of sickle cell anemia, um, which means they carry the gene, but they have no symptoms. Sarah had been diagnosed with sickle cell anemia as an infant or sickle cell disease, it's also called. She struggled with the disease on and off in her lifetime, even while dating Calvin. So, the real killer here, according to this story, which I don't, I still do not, if it's a, okay, if this is real, I want proof. I want real, actual proof. If you can find proof this story is real, DM me. I want to know, because I don't believe this story is real. This is, yep, I don't believe this story is real anymore. So, complications with sickle cell anemia were Sarah's real killer during her attack, and I, this part, I don't understand, um, probably because the story is fake as fuck, um, but during her attack, she received abrasions, and, um, her artery was pressed repeatedly. Her blood struggled to make it through the squeezed arteries, and a group of sickle cells got stuck and latched onto one another, and this glob of cells created a blockage in her left carter carotid artery, restricting the flow of normal red blood cells and oxygen, killing her. So Calvin Jones was cleared of first-degree murder charges and instead received a lesser sentence, but there's a disagreement, even on the WordPress site, about what actually he was charged with in the end, because some people said that he should have gotten manslaughter, but he got second-degree murder, and other places said that he never even got murder charges and that he got, like, assault charges. All bullshit. This is a fake, this is a fake-ass crime. I want proof. Nothing. It's it's like one of those urban legends. It's like an urban legend. They can't get the date right. I couldn't find anything on Calvin. What is it? What's his fucking last name? I'm, I'm finding it. Sorry. Calvin Jones. What a common last name. The, when you Google Calvin Jones, nothing comes up besides some sports player. And Sarah, Sarah fucking what's her butt. I'm feeling a little less. Okay. I feel less bad about calling her Sarah fucking what's her butt because I do not believe she was a real person who died. And if she did, Sarah Tolbert, I am very sorry for 
you know, defaming your legacy by calling you Sarah fucking what's-her-butt, which I do call all my dearest friends. Well, not that exact name. You, you know what I'm saying. Um, but I don't believe this is real. I want proof one way or the other that this is supposed to be real. And this was supposed to be a lot longer than it is, so I'm sorry in advance, but I didn't really have a whole lot to talk about because this is a fake-ass fucking crime. And with that being said, my dear friends, um, if you like my content, I have an Instagram account, uh, Cabernet and True Crime. I am Cabernet and True Crime, and I drink Cabernet and talk about true crime. Um, if you like this style of hodgepodge, um, me having a couple glasses of wine before I come here, please tell me in advance. I will do, I will gladly do this for you every time. Um, bup, 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 bup. I think that's it. Oh, I hope you guys like the Conspiracy Theory Thursday. It's going to be a shit show. I'm already dreading editing, editing it. I'm going to go start editing right now, which I don't think is a good idea, but I'm going to anyways. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, I think that's, I think that's all I have. Yep. Okay. (laughs) I love you guys forever and ever, and I'll see you on Thursday. And then also on Sunday for Serially Short Sunday. Yep. You know what's up. Okay. Goodbye.